Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and today's episode is an interview with a friend of mine called Frederick. Frederick is Danish, he's incredibly creative. Uh, you, you don't always get from him just how creative this guy is. He's just phenomenal. He created a game that would help people have conversations and build friendships. And his big passion is around talking about friendship and loneliness. So I wanted to get him on the podcast uh, to talk about it. And he, really, he I mean, he speaks all over the place uh, on this on this topic, not in Christian circles, uh, but just in the world at, at conferences um, that are not related to Christianity at all. So he's a really interesting guy. So I'm glad I've pinned him down for this podcast on the perspective of loneliness uh, and friendship. So friends, I hope you find this really interesting. Uh, here is uh, my interview with Frederick on friendship and loneliness. Frederick, welcome to Making Disciples. Thank you, Chris. You are an inventor of a game, you are a podcaster, and you write a column in a local newspaper. You do a lot of stuff. Uh, but the, the the one I, I've known you a couple of years, and uh, I adore watching you online with your family, and I adore listening to you talking about important things. Uh, so I would I would love to talk today with you a little bit around friendship and loneliness. Yes, and a little bit about the game that you created. Uh, but just quickly tell me, what, you know, tell us where you live and what your home is like, because uh, you're from Denmark. Yes. Yeah, I live in Denmark. We just moved away from Aarhus to uh, like an area 45 minutes away. Aarhus is the second biggest town in Denmark. And I've lived there for the last 17 years, but now we've chosen to move to the countryside. And this is uh, maybe a choice to be more in in contact with the neighbors and in the community that we live in. And um, yeah, what, what was the other question? Well, no, it's just it's interesting, interesting you said because you were living in Aarhus. Now, yes. uh, in the in the UK, we would say if you want to meet more people, you go to the cities. Yes, I, I've, you've done I've the seen the different. Yeah, if you want to meet people that aren't like you, you have to move away from the the cities because if you live in the cities, you just you live you you start living in small columns with people that are like very similar to yourself, and your friends are very similar to yourself, and everyone everybody around you becomes more or less the same. So for me, if I want to be a part of somebody's life who isn't at the same stage uh, of life that I am, I have to live somewhere else where, yeah. where there's a natural environment of meeting old and young and people who vote for completely different parties than I do. And like just the whole specter of life seems yeah. seems more real and more intimate mm-hmm. in, a, in the landside, yeah. countryside. When I first met you, it was a Christian conference in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had a day off, and you took me. There was a bunch of us. We went out for coffee in Airhus. You took me to some great little coffee shops, mm-hmm. and then you also took us to this incredible art quarter where artists had taken over this area and had took these uh, derelict buildings and turned oh, them yeah. into this incredible creative hub. Yes, um, and and kind of what I associate with you is just a beautiful attachment to this creative community, mm. and you seem to be surrounded by people who are just so creative, <laughs> like off the wall uh, creative. Uh, what? 
yeah, just tell us a little bit about that community that you were involved with. I think I've been I've been very blessed because in Aarhus there was a big there was a time when people when they were creative they would move away when they got older, and then we we changed that around like eight ten years ago. So people started staying in the city, staying with their energy here, and I was a part of this first mover movement <laughs> who stayed in Aarhus and got older than just twenty two in Aarhus yeah. and wanted to to share, and there is this creative vibe in Aarhus. Um, I think is. Um, probably in all cities but it's just it's hard to become a part of that group and i've been that and and it's not a christian religious group or anything it's just like the the city's creatives yeah but what was it was it like a train a derelict train station the area was called the institute of x which was like x was inserts anything you'd like (laughs) the institute of whatever you like. Yeah. And it was an old train station, yeah, where they just uh, moved a lot of trains, like uh, old, uh, what is it called? Train carriages? Yeah, train carriages, but the metal boxes from the harbour. Uh, uh, Containers. Containers. Yeah. It's the same in Danish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had a lot of containers that they changed into houses and like small tiny houses and uh, galleries and all these things. It's just a, a beautiful area for like uh, spurring, aspiring creativity yeah. and yeah. That's and I, I've, had, I've had a lot of conversations with the leader of that place. He kind of hired me to be consulted like a life life coach without the coaching uh, for him. Yeah. For a period. And it was very much to to make sure that this place had a leader because otherwise he feared that it would go into like a junk place actually. So he, he's been very like uh, precise about not letting it become something rotten. That's why it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's still very beautiful. I think, you know, the reason I to start with that is because the, the, the message that I hear from you, not only when I'm listening to your podcast, but just talking with you mm-hmm. is your passion towards talking about friendship and loneliness in so community, maybe, in community well. life living together in community so can i let's just rewind back a little bit what yeah. what brought you to a point where you were interested and in, and in becoming passionate about friendship and community i think it, start, it started with uh, a sense of uh, loneliness when i was younger which was a very uh, like it's not loneliness we hear a lot about because it was an extrovert loneliness. Mm. <laughs> it was alone even though you're with people. And I was just reading a, like a letters from friends when I was younger, like the other two days ago. I found them. We were moving and looking into this, and it was a lot of uh, letters from the girls writing about all these good conversations. Mm. Because I had a, a sister who had like these. Uh, psychological issues from her like childhood traumas and things. So from in my life, there was always this big hard issue that, that kind of struggles, <laughs> struggled in life. And you would go to school and you would have no one to talk about, like to talk to about mm-hmm. these things because you were maybe, maybe nine years old. And how do you talk with people about your sister's big issues? So this was loneliness connected to those things that made me maybe connect more with the girls. <laughs> when I was uh, in the teenage life. Yeah. But I still felt that I needed that, like the guys. So there was a, there was a mismatch between 
what I had with the guys and what I really wanted. I wanted to just have good conversations and to be feel seen and heard and to, to be connected with them, which was just uh, like not not that possible at a time of life. So there was a, con- a disconnect between what I had and what I wanted that time. Mm-hmm. And I think that just started like I moved to Aarhus when I was 17 years old. And so it was like a small basement apartment. And there was a big, there was a long period where I, I, I was with people a lot of the time. Every weekend I, I was with people, with old friends from this school or like just with people all the time. But um, whenever I was alone, I felt lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and with, it was a way that even though I was with them, I wasn't connected. And I had no language to understand these things. I just had an, like a notion, a feeling that that was how it was. Mm. And then, uh, and like, even though I, I met my wife when we got married and everything, I still felt that there was something with the friendships that needed to be in focus. Yeah. And I and and I found found my wife pretty early. We were eighteen. I think a lot of people actually do that when they find their partner, they feel settled. Now I have my connection. Yeah. I just, I didn't actually, I, I wanted to have more connection. I, I think that's when I've, when I look back at it, I was a, it was a good health call because a lot of people, they then isolate themselves around their partner and yeah. become, <laughs> become smaller in some way. Um, and then the idea for the game, I, I made this conversation game. You want to know how, yeah. why did I get to this point? Yeah. The idea for making a, a conversation game then came from this, uh, all these feelings of how do I connect deeper with people? How do I, how do I get deeper re- relationships? Um, and then, yeah, the, the game. Like, Let's just pause there for a second. Yes, Cause we talk about the game in a second. Um, so what you're talking about is having many relationships, but no real depth. Yes. And, and, I, and being in the room with people, but not actually being in, a, in an emotional, connected relationship. And I think many of us would say, do you know what? We feel in that place a lot. Yeah. We feel it in our workplace. We can feel it with our families. I, I'm surrounded by my family, but I'm, I'm not connected with them. Yeah. Uh, we can feel it if you're in a part of a faith community in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can feel that, and you know the church is all about connection and family. But it, but for many, they don't feel they fit, and therefore feel there's very little connection. So actually, what you're describing there is something that many of us feel, mm-hmm. but end up thinking there's something wrong with me. Yeah, or we end up saying there's something wrong with them. They're cliquey. Yeah. Or yeah, they yeah. are. And so one of the things I experience here a lot is if I hear from another grown adult that that group of people over there are a clique, uh, I'm going, they're not a clique. I, they, they, I, I know that group as well as this group. They're not cliques. There's just something that isn't connecting here. Yeah. Uh, and it's really good at blaming others. But actually, there's, there's a part of us needing to create space for deeper friendships, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and actually, it's funny. I've never thought about this, but but the, when I moved to Aarhus when I was seventeen years old, I started in church where my older siblings had been for a while, and, yeah. and being tw- seventeen in a church where people moved till like after they were fin- when they were twenty, twenty-one, 
I was really young, so I was there every Sunday, but I never felt connected to them. Yeah. And I felt that actually I felt a big disconnect in the church as well because it was just a place where I went alone and I I I, I stayed to go left it alone again. Yeah, yeah. It's just I never thought about that. So you're re- you're responding to this. You're, you're recognizing yes. that for you there was deep loneliness. And thank you for being honest about that. For you know, in your podcast, you talk about it, and it's so liberating because mm. I, I know as a guy, there's often this feeling that the the women of all these friendships mm. and uh, guys often feel like they have a much smaller group of people that mm. they connect with, and uh, and it can feel very different for guys as well. Um, loneliness is is uh, something that's often shameful, and uh, and also because guys are just very good, and me, myself included, we're very good at doing things together. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we we we, we connect through acti- activities. But that leaves uh, a little less space for connecting through through vulnerability and words yeah. and other things. I think so you, sometimes that's our blame. Yeah, you um, <laughs> you respond to this. You you, you create yeah. a game. Uh, I start by I start by creating new like look, focusing on my relationships and seeing how can I get closer with people. So in this time, there are relationships that are growing, and I, I I start choosing more deliberately, thinking I want to get closer to you, I want to get closer to you, and just thinking how can I get there. Yeah. And then later on, I get a sign an assignment from uh, I'm applying for a school in Denmark, and uh, the assignment is to to create a place where people they meet around something, and I want to make people meet around becoming better friends because yeah. that's where where my need is at that point. And then from a like a longer session, this game evolves, which is just like uh, just because people are getting curious, what is the game? It's a <laughs> it's just a small like a deck of cards, so you can play rummy or family or whatever card games you know. I like get yeah. ordinary deck of cards, and then ten of these cards has a topic on them, so it could say dreams, it could say family, and then when you put them down, you have to talk about these topics. So it's a way of creating uh, a conversation that isn't just the usual conversation that we have, but seeing can we get somewhere else, which mm-hmm. is uh, one of the things besides friendship and loneliness, I find extremely interesting. How do we get better at having good conversations with the people we care about? I actually stole your idea. So after I came to Airhost a few years ago and met you, I came home and had a, a member of our church community uh, become very sick and they were hospitalized. It's a yeah. guy and uh, going to visit him wasn't particularly easy from a conversational point of view. You're suddenly mm. forced into a face-to-face conversation in hospital. Yeah. So I remembered your game and I actually took a pack of cards with me and we just sat and played rummy. Mm. And he taught me a few other East London card games. And we just played. And what was beautiful was you could go five or six minutes with not saying mm. anything because yeah. you're playing the card game. Yeah. But then a topic would come up yeah. and the game would pause for a moment. You would talk and then you go back into the game. And I found that I went from visiting, taking 20 minutes and then going, well, well we've kind of done, this is awkward, yeah. to visits taking an hour and a half. Mm. but really moving into some wonderfully profound areas. Yeah. And I don't need to do this. If I go to visit a lady in hospital, I don't need to do this. Like, they will no. talk to me for hours. That's fine. We can do it. <laughs> but when I visit a guy in hospital, yeah. a pack of cards is the greatest gift mm. that you could bring to that time yeah. because it, it gives a purpose. Yeah. 
so I stole it. So I haven't been playing uh, the game with the card with the names on because I couldn't get mm. it in the UK. But um, so the name Snack. Just tell us yeah. where that comes from. What's what's the Snack is just a Danish for talk. It's just um, just as you're saying. It's just a way of seeing. It's a, it's kind of the Trojan horse yeah. of conversation. So. You don't know that you're going into a more meaningful, deeper conversation because it's just a deck of cards. You can yeah. just play any card game. And while you get play, you get interrupted. Um, and that is like the, the basic concept is to get it more natural. How can we set a frame for a conversation without feeling forced to have a very deep conversation therapeutically? Like yeah. how, how do we set the frame without making it too awkward? Yeah. And, and now this game has grown – yeah. You are, you're speaking at conferences about friendship and loneliness and community. You launched the podcast, which is outstanding. <laughs> really is outstanding. I loved it right from um, when it went live and I knew it was there. I, I listened to them. Mm. Uh, I just thought this is, this is such a gift. So what has emerged in you now is a message. First of all, thank you. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of messages. Actually, through the last half year, I've been doing this as a full-time job, so it's become something that fills fills me up more. And when we talk about loneliness, there's a few things that we need to understand because loneliness is often thought of as something like solely negative, yeah. something that we shouldn't we should avoid loneliness completely. Uh, but when we talk about it as that, it becomes a taboo. It becomes something that we shouldn't have, something that is almost contagious. Whereas if we talk about loneliness as something that is sometimes something you fall into, a rut. Yeah. But other times it is like uh, your immune, your, your defense mechanism of I want to be social. Like now I feel <laughs> I feel that I've become isolated, so I need to see people. Yeah. And for some time, you know, Sigurus, uh, yeah. like uh, yes. It feels loneliness for me when it comes to me. It feels like listening to them, like not they're happy. <laughs> so Sigaros are an incredible Icelandic. Yes, band. Yeah, Icelandic man. Yeah, some like very atmospheric. And when they have these very atmospheric, beautiful songs, they are sometimes almost haunting. You could feel your emotions. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that when I've had like uh, two weeks of chewing around, doing speaks talks, and then just uh, between that, reading books, we preparing to the talks and just like that that's been the last two weeks for me i haven't been connected to my friends i've been connected to my kids and my wife sometimes but i haven't connected to friends so i feel mm -hmm. a need arising just at the moment which is not negative i'd say this is a positive way of me responding to now i have to see my friends and i have few people like yeah. a, a small handful of friends that really fills my cup <laughs> so i know exactly who to call so, so can I just ask then, is, um, so is this just a problem for extroverts? You know, introverts love me time. Is this a, an extrovert problem or actually is it a problem for both introverts and extroverts? It's, it's, it's a problem for all because even though you can enjoy your own company better than I can, I, I've, 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 had to learn, I've had to learn to enjoy my own company. An introvert would probably think it otherwise, that they had to learn to, to be more with people. But like just looking at our physiology and the way we are, we are deeply rooted like in connection with other people. It's not something that we can choose not to have. So maybe if you're very extrovert, you, you feel this need arising more often. 
and in another way. But I think if you're an introvert, one of my friends, one of my best friends is a very like hardcore introvert. But recently they had to move like two hours away from where they usually live and live at their parents-in-law's place just like for a period. He felt the like the loneliness in that period because even though he usually like doesn't need to see people that often and doesn't need like doesn't get the same need that I do, it was still very like explicit that he, he was needed, isolated. He was isolated, and isolation isn't good. Mm. Even though you have. But would you so imagine I'm I'm listening to this and um, you know in relationship with some great friends, maybe dating or, you know, maybe not in a matter, you know, what, what would you give tips wise? If, if I'm someone who's feeling isolated and lonely, but yet surrounded mm. by people, what would your tips be? I think sometimes we need to understand that friendships are, are never really like a, a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a, we have a, a misunderstanding when we talk about friendships that we make them coincidental, something that just happened. I just, I was there and then we met and then we became friends. Like for instance, I, I met you. <laughs> it was a coincidence that we were at the same camp. Yeah. But it wasn't a coincidence that I found you interesting that I, I, I attached myself to that trip to Aarhus and then yeah. I could come. <laughs> yeah. There was a choice of me seeing how can I get there and it's been a choice to keep like a slight contact yeah. through these years. It's been five years or something. Yeah. So we've had a, like, a small contact that has kept the relationship somehow. All those small steps in our relationship is a, a, a choice. Yeah. It's a choice to start writing. It's a choice mm -hmm. to respond. It's a choice to do things. So when we talk about friendships, we often tend to just think, well, it just is what it is. It's a coincidence. So we meet up. It kind of happened. We just were at the same church. We just were at the same school. We just were at the same place. But the friendship started when one of you said, do you want to come with me? to this place, come home with me, yeah. go to this concert with me. So there was a, a, an invitation. And in that understanding, we can also start thinking more about what do we do when we are together? Yeah. <laughs> so I have, my friends are, most of my friendships are like, uh, connected by an, like, a joint interest in board games. Yeah. Which means when we're together, we could just spend all our time playing board games only. That would be our activity. Although men more often would maybe have football and beer. For me, it's board games, still yeah. beer, or just board games uh, instead of football. And and I think you have these things that you do. Like guys, it's activities. Girls, it's sometimes, or women, it's sometimes the same conversations starting over again. I can see in my, my wife's life sometimes that it's just, it's, it's not deliberate. It's just, it happens. Yeah. But, and then we think it isn't a choice, but it is still a choice that mm. we do these things. So what I've started doing when I'm with my friends, we had uh, two of my good friends, we were playing magic cards for a whole evening. And then at 11, I think, uh, one of them saying, next round. And I'm saying, no, <laughs> we, have to, we have to talk as well. I, I'm, I, I don't see you that often anymore. We have to have time to just sit and talk. Yeah. And for me, that was me trying to to me be more deliberate about what are we doing when we're together. So there's an intentionality there in friendships. Yes, that's yeah. a, that's a, and because yeah. friendship is best, like loneliness. If we go back to that, is best understood that sometimes loneliness arises when we have 
uh, we have a, a standard, a measure that we feel this is the best way of being friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best way of being together. And then we measure our friendships by that. Yeah. And if we, if, if that need we have, if that intention we have, what we want to have isn't met, the gap between what we have and what we want yeah. That's actually the loneliness. Yeah, it's a longing. So it's a longing for something else. And that is that becomes something hard and something we internalize often, like <laughs> into our souls. And what is I'm doing? What, what, what am I doing wrong? And how do I think about myself and all these things? But actually, it's more in the relationships. That's it's the so way good. we, it's what we do together. Yeah. It's just what what are we spending our time together yeah. with our friends? So I can I can be with our friends, and sometimes it's just the best night was just to have fun, and I leave there and it's just I'm filled up by this. Yeah, I I had such a good time because we yeah. we were having fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's just I can leave a friend and I think, hmm, I, my I'm not sure my cup was being filled this night. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have to be more like think about deliberate. what what yeah. deliberate about what should be next time. Yeah. I'd love to, the last few moments that we've got, I'd love to kind of bring in here now the, uh, you know, it says in the Bible that God puts the lonely into families. And I think that yeah. ch the church is, is meant to be a family of which lonely souls find uh, connection and community. Yeah. And a lot of the listeners to this will be a part of church communities. What can our church communities be doing to help uh, lonely souls connect in there are <laughs> three things i want to say in this because <laughs> actually there's one thing that is that in denmark at least i don't know how it is in in other countries in denmark when people come to faith one of the reasons they might uh, leave the community is that they aren't being uh, like collected yeah people they ah oh, how amazing you came into faith and then they go back to their own community yeah like they're what you call the clique, but sometimes it is there's a bit of cliqueiness about the, what we were and what like people coming into this. Yeah, I had a friend recently who came into faith in a very like um, or a year ago, but in a very spiritual way. Like he was spiritually awakened, yeah. <laughs> awoken, and he started coming into this church, and he actually felt like uh, sometimes I heard in the way that people would kind of almost reject him from from being. For, for experiencing uh, a spirituality that yeah. they've longed for their whole life and you come here <laughs> and you've just become a Christian and now you feel all those things. So I think we have to really stand our ground and say if, if people come into faith, never reject them and be so deliberate about not rejecting them even though you think that they are doing something else than you but – your your dharmas, your yeah. way of thinking shouldn't should never be uh, a way of accepting that you could reject somebody. Yeah. So that's and one, then I, two, that's gone. One. Two is um, people who live around like where we live now. We've chose to not make a Christian community house or a Christian community center or anything, yeah. uh, but see if we can be Christians where we live and then <laughs> set this spirit still in motion somehow. Um, and that spirit is more about connecting uh, this. Uh, there's only 35 uh, houses in our small uh, area, and four of them is a part of a community project that we're doing with four other families. Mm. Like four families together, seeing how can we create a stronger community than just being neighbors? How can we make more food? 
cut each other's uh, branches and just be more practical <laughs> together. Loving your neighbor. Yes. And that is that that loving your neighbor maybe just needs more structure sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Less uh, hope. I, I'm loving uh, Greta Thunberg these days for saying, I don't want your hope. Give me your actions. <laughs> I think the same way of thinking about neighborhood and the way you have neighbors. It's yeah. not it's not good enough to just think I want to be a good neighbor. No, you have to be very intentional about creating that. And that is maybe going back to also relationships and friendships. It's not just something that happens coincidentally. It's, it's an intention. That's great. The last thing is uh, I read a book about uh, like uh, theo- theology and loneliness. Maybe you, you'd mm. like that, I think. Yeah. It's called, Tell us about uh, it. Power, the Power of One. Yeah. And it's actually about also people choosing to live in celibacy or people who haven't, haven't found their partner in, in life and like how to, to live a Christian life there as well. But also Who's just, that by? I can't remember. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll get that from you, you and I'll put it Danish in the show notes author. for the... Uh, Actually, I can say I, I just found it before, uh, but it's a Danish author, Aneda Ising, The Power Aneda of Ising. One. Okay, well, make sure that's in the show notes. Yes. This book, she talks about how some people in life that she met might feel actually alone from God, <laughs> feel a rejection by God. And she met this through, uh, she, she uses uh, Mother Therese actually as an example, because she says that he, she had these two hours morning rituals every day going up at five, praying, reading, doing all these things. But still, when she went to her, her groups and they would pray together, everybody would feel God's presence. Yeah. <laughs> feel God so close and she wouldn't. Yeah. She'd always felt rejected. And in the afterthoughts about her life, often people say that maybe because she felt meek, because she felt a rejection from God, she also knew how to connect with the rejected, with the meek. Yeah. And understanding that God isn't the same in all in everybody's life. I, mm-hmm. Often when we talk about relationship with God, myself, I, I, I'm not a very spiritual uh, person. I, I, I'm more like an atheist of nature than I want to believe. So it's it's so hard to me to, to, to understand these relationships dynamics sometimes. But what I've come to understand is that maybe for me, and I think that goes for other people as well, when they feel like rejection from God, it might be a way of having another viewpoint into God and Christianity. Yeah. I've often said that for me, like I never talk about Christianity when I'm like my, my, I never talk about my belief directly when I'm talking because that's not the, 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 the reason why I'm hired. Yeah. But sometimes I feel that I am standing by the fence, looking into the church and the, the groups and thinking, mm. wow, it's so weird. Everything is, is weird. What are they doing in there? Mm. And then the other people who aren't of like in the belief, they that come by to come to the gates as well, look into this and say, "Wow, it's so weird." Yeah, and it's it's also okay. It's it's good enough. It's just it's weird and it's good. <laughs> and sometimes we need those gatekeepers as well yeah. that doesn't feel that deeper relation, that deeper connection. I think for me at least, when I read that book, it was a big like a puzzle piece in my own loneliness through my loneliness of not feeling connected also with That's God great. sometimes that, that kind of settled in me. Yeah. yeah. There's so much more I'd love to ask you uh, yes. on this topic, but we've run out of time. So 
Uh, tell us where people can listen to the the podcast. Yes, the podcast is in. Uh, I think I've, I still need to record the last episode, uh, but it's six episodes and it's called Friendship Plus Loneliness. It's at Apple and uh, I think it's it's at Apple Podcast and Spotify. Maybe at Google. I don't know. It's in a whole load of places you can find it. If you're listening to YouTube this podcast, as well. yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you can you can find it. Uh, Friendship and Loneliness. Um, tell us about uh, other places people can find you. Um, Twitter. Instagram. It's just uh, Frederick Swint, <laughs> Frederick Swint, at Frederick Swint, post uh, Instagram, and then Twitter, it's Let's Get Growing. Yeah. I, I have to start doing things in English. I do all my things in Danish. <laughs> I think there'll be people like will want to yeah. connect with you because I think this is such a, there's a report came out in the UK recently that said loneliness is the, one of the greatest killers in the UK. Recognizing that loneliness affects your emotional, your mental health. It affects your physical health because you're not leaving the property. Mm. Uh, and actually uh, other illnesses end up winning because mm. of loneliness that's yes. first, first got there. And uh, you're not able to battle these other things because mm. of the loneliness. And that's where we didn't get to, to around in this conversation because lonely, you can't only talk about loneliness as a positive emotion of understanding that you need people. There are like the isolation loneliness is, is the, the feeling that I can't change this. And that is why we need to understand if we go back to what, what is the Christian community's yeah. uh, role in this, it is to know that you can't expect people to walk out of their own loneliness. You have to kick the door in and pull them out. Yeah. Because they've taught themselves that they can't change it. Yeah. So somebody else has to change it for them. Would, would you give us time for a part two? Yes. Great. Let's, Let's do, do that. Let's two. make that happen. Because I think, yes. I think we then can start moving into what difference can we make. Because this, <laughs> yeah. this is just a, a huge issue for so many people. Yeah. And it's it a is. discipleship issue in understanding ourselves and the value that we have. And you know, the Lord loves us and wants us to be part of a community. Mm. And, and there's that whole thing about I don't deserve it mentality that I actually know you yes. do and so it'd be great to talk more about that but frederick thank you so yes. much for today we'll make sure part two goes out there as well and uh i just enjoy you and i enjoy <laughs> calling you my friend and uh uh there's something about you and the way that you speak i just find so captivating so thank you so much for this this time together and I look you have, you have to get a vice versa for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. You too. Thank you.